Good evening, everyone. Good evening. My apologies for interrupting your conversations. You can carry them on over tea, coffee, and some cake if you'd like to. Uh, if I haven't met you before, my name's Andy. As Ellen said, I'm one of the ministers here. And I've been part of this church for just over nine years. Uh, before that, I was part of a church in Southampton working as a youth worker. And I, th I think about this time 10 years ago, my wife and I were beginning to think that maybe it was time for a new challenge. And with that, there was all sorts of mixed emotions. There was, well, what would it be? There was, well, am I being disloyal to the current church I'm serving in and the youth group I was working in in the time? And um, I went along to a conference. And as part of the gathered worship and wider conference, there were some guys who had a particular prophetic gift who you could... Um, asked to spend some time with, and they prayed for us before, having not met us and known anything about us. And uh, two guys shared a word that they felt was from the Lord for me. And it basically said that God could see that I had a loyal heart, that he had a new adventure for me ahead, that he wanted to release me from what I was currently doing, and that there was no shame. They knew nothing of my background. I'll bring that story back a little bit later. But it was pivotal for my wife and I in our journey. And uh, within a year, we were here. And there was all sorts of other guidance in that. That was one example of when God spoke to someone through someone else. And that's what we want to think about tonight. A word from God, prophecy. In this series, we're seeking to grow as worshippers and as a worshipping community. Now, in the New Testament, a key part of the worship life of the church was the use of spiritual gifts, gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit to help us serve one another and glorify Jesus. One of the clearest places that we see these gifts being taught about is in the first letter to the Corinthians, particularly in chapters 12, 13, and 14. So I want to begin by reading the open 11th opening 11 verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The words will be on the screen, but if you'd like to look them up in the Bibles in front of you, you can as well. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to dumb idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. These gifts were given by the Holy Spirit, verse 4 makes clear, as God determined. 
verse 11, and for the common good of the believers, verse 7. Two of the gifts listed here, and that Paul paid particular attention to, were tongues and prophecy, listed in verse 10. And over the next two messages in this series, we want to explore these gifts a little bit more. Firstly, prophecy today, and then in a couple of weeks, tongues in the context of how the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. Now, I wonder what you think of when you hear the word prophecy. Perhaps you might think of some Old Testament characters, prophets like Jeremiah or Isaiah or Jonah or Amos. Or maybe you think of some slightly wacky, very specific predictions about how the world is going to end that haven't quite come true as people thought they might. Or maybe you think of a particular word that you felt you had for someone else or that someone else shared for you in a significant way. Maybe you were here last week and you might think of some of the things that people shared in the context of our worship time to encourage one another. Or maybe this word prophecy is a new concept to you altogether. So what do we mean when we talk about prophecy? Prophecy in the New Testament sense can be understood as a specific revelation for a specific time. Or prophecy is receiving revelation from God and sharing it with others. Michael Green put it helpfully like this. Prophecy is not the equivalent of scripture. Prophecy is a particular word for a particular congregation at a particular time through a particular person. Scripture is for all Christians in all places at all times. Christian prophecy is rooted in a relationship with Jesus. It talks about in John 10, we are his sheep and we're learning to hear the voice of our shepherd who loves to speak to us. The more we know Jesus, the easier it is to notice his promptings and to be his mouthpiece. It's important to note that this is different to the words of scripture and even prophecy within scripture. The Bible's words are God's words for all people at all times, whereas any word that we might sense we have from God is a specific word for a specific time and people and to be subject to the words of the Bible and comes through people like us who are having a go at hearing from God. Prophecy should be seen as fallible and not as an addition to the Bible, an alternative to the Bible or an advance on the Bible. Prophecy in the New Testament is a broad term that includes when people taught in a carefully planned way, when they preached, including spontaneously, like Peter did, full of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2, and when someone brings a word, like what was happening in the church in Corinth. And what I want to help us to think about today is prophecy in the sense of God bringing a word through someone to others. Now, prophecy is often about what God wants to say to us in the present rather than something about the future, although, of course, it can mean something for the future as well. Last week, as we gave time to wait on God and give extra space in a part of our evening service, words were given about God being the shepherd that we all need, sharing words from Scripture. There was a picture that was shared that helped us to think about how praise and worship of the name of Jesus helps unlock things powerfully. The phrase of Jesus being the ointment that we need, the healing ointment 
was shared by someone. Encouragement was given not to give up by a testimony of God's goodness and answered prayer. And an image of Jesus being the Lion of Judah, the strong, courageous one who we can trust, was shared. All people in different ways who felt God had put something on their heart, in their mind, shared something with us. We made space to try and respond to these ways, these words, in different ways. They're examples of words from God that were sensed and humbly shared as part of our time of worship. Our prophecy was common and perhaps a little disorderly in the church in Corinth. And we're wanting to encourage and make space as part of our worship life here for God to speak to us through one another. 1 Corinthians 14 helpfully unpacks more about prophecy. So let's read the first five verses of 1 Corinthians 14. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so the church may be edified. I want to point out three things that these words help us to notice about prophecy. The first is this. Paul says that prophecy is something to be desired. Paul says to eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. This wasn't an optional extra or a passive thing. It was an instruction. Now, we have some wonderful musicians in our church, don't we? Now, if I was to say to Calvin to eagerly desire the gift of being a talented musician and to go on growing in this area... This would involve him continuing to try and learn, to read, to practice, to listen to others, not just to sit back and hope that he might grow in his musicianship. Now, we aren't all called to be great musicians, but Paul does call the believers to really want this gift of prophecy and to grow in it. And that will involve, for us too, wanting to find out more about it, asking for it, giving it a go, practicing it. This gift was to be desired even more than tongues, a special prayer language that Ellen will help us to think about in two weeks' time. So, as a worshipper and follower of Jesus, are you desiring the gift of prophecy? Are you desiring to grow in this gift? Eagerly desire the gift of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Paul says in verse 12, since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. He's made it clear that prophecy is one of those things. First thing to point out, prophecy is to be desired. Second thing, prophecy is for everyone. In verse 5, Paul says he would like everyone to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. This gift is for everyone. We can all hear from God and be a mouthpiece of encouragement for others. Perhaps you might exclude yourself as we begin to think about this 
and talk about this. God doesn't really speak to me. How is he going to speak through me to someone else? I'm one of the shy ones. Surely God's not going to use me in this way. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought prophecy was just for the wacky ones. I'm going to stay away. Well, Paul makes it clear here that God wants to speak to and through all of the worshipping community. As we read our Bibles, we see that it is full of God speaking prophetically to his people. God spoke to wandering nomad named Abraham. He spoke to Joseph through dreams. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush, Gideon through a fleece, Samuel as a little boy in the tabernacle. God loves to speak to and through his people in all sorts of ways. There's no doubt that some specifically have the gift of prophecy. And Paul recognised that when he called people prophets. He mentions this in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 29, and in Ephesians 4, verse 11. But here, in this passage, it's clear that he wants to encourage everyone to seek this gift. And we can pray that for one another. We can ask for that. I believe we can all be involved in God speaking to us and through us because all believers can be filled with the Holy Spirit. All of God's sheep can hear his voice. This is what the death and resurrection of Jesus has made possible. You could call it the prophethood of all believers. Prophecy is for everyone. And thirdly, prophecy is to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. Verse 3 shows us that. When we come together to worship, our attention and focus is rightly on Jesus, the one who's worthy of all our worship. As we meet together and glorify Jesus, the Lord wants to encourage us, and he wants to use us to encourage one another. He wants to comfort us, and he wants to strengthen us This, in turn, will lead to Jesus being more glorified and us knowing more of his will and having more courage to live his way. In the Old Testament, many of the words of prophecy spoken by prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah were words of warning or judgment alongside the words of hope of a coming Messiah and saviour. Jeremiah, in fact, in chapter 1, verse 10, was specifically tasked to pull down, to destroy and to throw out. And there was and is still a prophetic role for Christians to be calling for justice in wider society. But in this letter, Paul is establishing some different guidelines for prophecy in the context of a worshipping community. And that's what we're thinking about today. This idea of strengthening, encouraging, and comforting is reinforced in verse 5 where he says the purpose of prophecy so that the church may be edified or built up, or in verse 31, where he says, for you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. Prophecy is to be eagerly desired. Prophecy is for everyone. And prophecy has a purpose to build up, encourage, and strengthen. Okay. Well, how, how, do we, how do we hear from God then? This is something we're all meant to eagerly desire. Something that's for everyone. How, how do we do that? Well, we ask and we have a go. I know many people in this room and it's full of people that are already practicing the gift of prophecy, whether we call it that 
or not, whether we're seeking to encourage one another, having listened to God. It was in the context of worship that we see examples of God speaking to his people. This was clearly the case in Corinth. And in Acts 13, verse 2, for example, it was when the believers were seeking God and fasting that the Holy Spirit spoke to them about separating Saul and Barnabas for a particular mission. Perhaps as you think about prophecy, it's in the context of worship that you can think of a time when someone shared something that's particularly resonated with you. It's been like God's specific word speaking to you. Maybe in the context of worship, you felt something that you've shared with others, maybe in a small group, maybe in a worship service, maybe just praying with a friend. Oh, if we get a word and want to grow in this area, then we need to be people who are asking and seeking God more for this. I want to highlight some really helpful things that Mike Pilavachi and Andy Croft in their book, Everyday Supernatural, point out about some of the different ways that we might hear from God. I enjoyed looking at some of this stuff with a sixth form group in the autumn term, and they point out five different ways how some people can hear from God. And as we go through them, I wonder if one or two might resonate with you more than others. Uh, maybe this is a new idea that God might want to speak through you to others. Maybe be open to some of the ways that God can do that. So firstly, God can speak to us in the sense that we might see it. In seeing something, someone might talk about a vision or a picture or an image that's come to mind that they feel God's put there. You can find multiple examples of God speaking to people in this way in the book of Acts. Paul seeing Jesus in a vision in Acts 9 when no one else around him saw what was going on. Or Stephen seeing a vision of Jesus just before and as he was being killed in Acts 7. Peter's vision in Acts 10 of the blanket coming down from heaven with the animals on. Or Paul being told to go to Macedonia in Acts 16. Sometimes we can hear from God by pictures or images that he brings to mind and wants to speak through. God can even speak through things that we physically see when we say, God, would you speak to us through what is around us? Maybe you can think of a time when you've heard someone say that phrase, I had a picture, this image came to mind, and I think God was saying something through it. I was praying for someone recently, and I had a picture of a rock that could not be budged. And I shared it with this young man, sensing that he wanted to encourage him that a bit like Calvin was talking about one of the songs, there can be many things that are unstable and troubling in our world, but that God can be like the rock that stands firm, that's immovable and faithful. It was an image that came to mind. I thought God might want to speak through it. Firstly, we can see it. Secondly, we can feel it. We may experience an emotional or physical feeling that God wants to speak through. This could overlap with a word of knowledge and prophecy. I don't think the dis distinguishing things between them are that important. We're seeking to hear God. Let me give you one example from one of our services last year. Um, Ellen shared that she felt she had a pain in her elbow and maybe there was someone who God wanted to touch. Uh, that was Christine. And uh, Christine had had a pain in her elbow and Ellen prayed for her, and she's had a significant difference since. And more than that, it was a real encouragement to Christine that actually God knew her situation, and he loved her, and he cared for her. Sometimes we might hear from God through something we feel. Maybe speak it 
is another way. By this, I don't mean that words come out of our mouth, because I often find that's how we communicate. Yeah. What I mean is that sometimes as we begin to speak, maybe in prayer, maybe in worship, that God speaks as we share, as we pray. Acts 2 verse 4 puts it like this, talking of the prophets. They spoke as the Spirit enabled them. Maybe we've had experience of that, caught up in prayer, and it's like God speaking to us as we pray or as we share. Fourthly, we can hear it. In my experience, I haven't met many people who've told me they've audibly heard the voice of God. So when I say hear it, I mean thoughts that come to our minds that we believe could be from the Lord. For me, I often experience God speaking to me in this way, and I've learned to trust that God can speak through the thoughts that come to me. I've learned to recognize these God thoughts. For me, this often happens when I'm praying for someone or particular situation, and scriptures come to mind that appear relevant and helpful. Now, as I said, we explored some of these themes with our sick formers. And if you're in a small group, uh, the notes will help you, hopefully, to unpack this theme. But there's one little activity that I'm suggesting you do as we learn to pray for one another and hear from God. And it's simply this. We did it in our little group that you asked for a volunteer to be prayed for. Maybe they share a bit about what's going on. And as we pray for them, we take time not just to rush in with our words, but to say, God, bring something to mind. Could be through any of these ways believing that God might want to speak through us as we're learning to try to grow in this area. We can hear it, and finally, we can know it. Another way that God can speak to us is somehow we can know something, a conviction of something. We sense it, that it's true. You could say this is what happened for Jesus in John 4 when he graciously revealed the past of the woman at the well revealing more of who he was and leading to her being set free and believing in him. Sometimes we can just know something. There's just a sense that we know something. I wonder if they resonate with you at all. God can speak to us in different ways, and they include how sometimes we can, we can see it, we can feel it, we can find ourselves speaking it, we can hear it, and we can know it. As I said, for me, it's mainly that sense of hearing what comes to mind. Okay, so we think either confidently or often a bit more cautiously that maybe God's speaking to us in some way. Well, what, what do we do with that? How do we know it's from God? What next? Paul teaches in this chapter, in verse 29, that we should weigh something when it's from God. Verse 29, two or three prophets should speak. That's because loads were speaking and they needed a bit of encouragement for some order, okay? And that others should weigh carefully what is said. Paul's word here, weigh carefully, is the same word used in chapter 12 and verse 10 that means to distinguish between the spirits. And we sense that maybe God's speaking to us. It's good to weigh it ourselves, and it's good to encourage those who are hearing, in whatever context that is, to weigh and think, is this from the Lord as well? Maybe it's a word shared with one person or in a small group or in a service. We, we weigh and think, is this from the Lord? And what does it mean? We weigh and we ask God, is this from him? Sometimes someone might have something to share and not really know fully what it means. But others might hear and weigh it and be able to help sense what the Lord might be saying through it. In our service this morning, uh, a couple of people shared some pictures 
And to many of us, we might have thought, what does that mean? Well, we know that some people prayed after and they sensed that God spoke to them through those pictures. It wasn't necessarily clear for everyone. Someone shared, someone else weighed, and God spoke through it. Take the example of the story I began with. Those sharing didn't know me or my context, but I went home and shared this word with my wife, and we weighed it, and within half a year or so, we were here. There were a number of other things and ways that God spoke to us. When we hear something that the person that's heard and those listening are called to weigh something. Think about that little picture of the rock that I shared. Well, hopefully it was helpful, but it was kind of left to the listener to think, is this something that's helpful? Did God want to speak to him in this way? We might think, well, how do I know 100% it's the word of God? How do I know that he's speaking through me? Let's just be honest. We don't. We don't. Paul acknowledges in 1 Corinthians 39 that we know in part and prophesy in part. So any word or sense we have should be shared with humility. I want to suggest that rather saying, thus says the Lord, it's more helpful to share with humility. I think God might be saying, and we might grow in confidence as we have a go at this more and more. Some helpful questions that I think are helpful as we're thinking through, is this God speaking? Are these Does it fit with what we know about God and his ways from the Bible? Take the rock, for example. That was an image, actually, that's borrowed from the Bible anyway. And so we can point to the Psalms and some of the songs that we see that reinforce that, or Jesus claiming to be the rock himself. If it's something that contradicts what we know about God and his ways, that's part of us weighing. It's probably not what God is saying. Secondly, does it fit with Paul's criteria of strengthening, encouraging, and building up. And thirdly, is it affirmed by others? What have others sensed as they've weighed it and thought, is God speaking through this? There are different ways of sharing in different contexts. And we want to grow as a church in making time and space for prophecy. That means in our services, if you sense that God is saying something, come and share it with us. If you feel like you've missed the moment and you didn't quite want to share it, come and tell us after. Not all prophecy is spontaneous. Sometimes God speaks to us at a slower pace and we don't have to always share it in the moment. We want to make space for that. We want that to be the culture in our small groups as well, where we're learning to have a go at hearing from God and sharing in a safe way. I want to encourage you in your friendships, in your households, if you've got kids, to have a go at doing that at home as well. We're learning to hear from God and sharing it in a safe way. At Pentecost, in Acts 2, God's spirit was poured out on all people. And the words of Joel are quoted and fulfilled. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. We want to be those that are seeking to grow in this, knowing that it's not done yet. It was a taste of what we saw in Acts 2, an amazing thing that we learned when we thought about the Holy Spirit, that God is still longing to pour out his spirit on us, his people, and he's still longing to speak in and through us. So as we seek to be a community that grows as worshippers, this is a reminder that what we're trying to do 
is create this culture where we say, here we are to worship, to give you the glory, but here we are, Lord. Speak through us. Speak to us. We're here to listen. So I have a question for you, church. As CBC, will we seek to eagerly desire this gift and to grow in it? Maybe you needed to hear the encouragement that this is something that we want to be growing in. Maybe it's something that's been lying dormant in your own life. Well, we want to be pursuing this and saying, God, we want to eagerly desire that you might speak to us and through us. Maybe you've never thought about this theme much and your first step is, okay, God, I'm open. I've got an open heart and I'd love you to speak through me. A reminder as a summary then, prophecy is a gift to be eagerly desired. It's a gift for everyone and it's a gift that strengthens, encourages and builds up. And we are called to be a prophethood of all believers. God can and does want to speak to us and through us. And tonight, I want to say, let's be a church that intentionally grows in this area. Let's be eager. Let's create a culture where it's safe to try. Let's ask the right questions. Let's intentionally be wanting to hear God and saying, God, speak to us and through us for your glory and so that we might be a church that encourages, strengthens, and comforts one another. Amen. As part of our service, we want to make time not just to think about this, but to say, God, is there something you want to be saying to us tonight? Maybe something to share from the front with others. Maybe someone who you're, who you're with or you can see, something to encourage them. And Calvin and the band are going to come us in and lead us in a song, which is a prayer. It helps us to say, God, here we are to listen. And let me encourage you to have an open heart, an open mind, that maybe in this time, God want, might want to speak to us and through us for the building up of one another. Calvin. Okay,